Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hello, and welcome to episode 23. Can you believe we're already up to 23, Angie? That's right. It is 23. It is 23. It's not 24, and it's not 25. It is not. It's 23. <laughs> and I may or may not have started this episode several times before this take with the wrong number. <laughs> Oh, oh got boy. me cracking up already. I know, I love it. It's a great way composure. to start. It's a great way to start the show oh, cracking goodness. up. Okay. So what's going on? What's going on with you? Well, you know what's going on with us. We just got back from Lakeland yesterday. Woohoo, what's in Lakeland? Well, we met with a <laughs> colleague of mine and uh, I would say a friend of mine. Uh, we met with Carl. He's mm-hmm. a, uh, met him through work, but we met with Carl and Mona. And we had an awesome dinner at a place in Lakeland called Fish City. Very unassuming little place, but the meal was really good. And it was really cool to see him. I've never really hung out with Carl outside of the office. So yeah, it was it's nice to, to mingle with work people, especially Sometimes. for me, because, you know, I hear about work, but I never get to really meet anybody unless it's like at the office and I see the lady at the front desk. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, uh, it was very cool to hang out and Carl's very cool and it's it was he had suggested meeting and I'm glad we did. It was really fun. He's yeah. a really nice guy. It was guy. great his conversation. Wife, and yep, his wife was really nice and we I could have sat there for two more hours. Yeah. So. And it was, um, yeah, the food was actually really great too. I do not say that very often when we do make it out to eat somewhere. And I was very pleased with my meal and, you know, it was a healthier choice and Oh, I, I forgot. What satisfied. did you get? Do you remember? I got the pecan-crusted trout. Oh, that's right. And I love getting trout because it's always fresh. So that's it. But then we had like char-grilled oysters and they oh, were Oh, that's amazing. right. Those were so good with like cheese and garlic or something. Did they have cheese on them? I they think did. they, they did. They had Parmesan. Which, which sounds gross, but it was really good. It was good. really good. And then we had um, just like some peel and eat shrimp and it was just very fresh tasting and and had a one cocktail, and that was good to go. That was it, yeah. I think with the three of us split a bottle of wine, but I think, uh, uh, what did we have? We had uh, peel and eat shrimp as well for mm-hmm. an appetizer. Yep. Carl and I had like a salmon that was encrusted with uh, horseradish. It was really good. So, yeah, I tasted yours. That was good, too. It was really good. So anyway, that was fun, and that was worth the drive, definitely. It's it about an hour drive for each of us there on vacation down here. And, uh, you know... I, I hate to mention this so much lately, and I, I probably shouldn't hate to mention it because whatever, but I just wanted to mention this time that I am really starting to dig into the idea and the, the sort of storyline of a three-book series for young adults. Um, I've been wanting to do that. I started writing another book that I'm still still writing. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to actually map out the story of a, of a long story, like a three series. And it's a little more challenging because with every book, if you use a normal formula, there's sort of the main character and then you establish, you know, that what's normal for them and then something struggles or something bad mm-hmm. happens and they rise up to it and they usually become empowered some way. And then you have like a wrap up at the end. It's that's yeah. sort of a or generalized formula. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's several. There's the W formula. There's the hero's journey formula. All the things that oh. authors read about. But oh, interesting. But doing that three times and still putting the story in a breakable spot is tricky for me. So that's what I'm sort starting to map out. So I'm really excited. I cannot wait to get back to just actual writing every day. 
but part of the process is for me is putting the story together. Um, as some of the authors said when they were on, some people just sit down and go for it. That's I not tried your that. style. <laughs> it's really not my style. So, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm mapping out the story. Um, and that's, pr- I did a little bit of biking last week. Yeah. And you know, I did want to mention, you know, when I said what's in Lakeland, oh, yeah. I did learn something interesting about Lakeland. What's that? So you said you did a little biking. We talked about hooking the bikes up and taking them down there, but then we would have been all sweaty before we went and met with Carl and Mona for dinner. For dinner, yeah. But I read that Lakeland um, really, they're one of the only cities in Florida that have that huge focus on biking and commuting to work and through the city. Oh, well, that is They've been recognized for it. I should have like- That's awesome. It was just a little something I read, but I should have um, noted it. Maybe I can find it and you can add it to the um to the to like the notes of the, to the, the notes, show notes. Yeah. That'd be great. It's just an interesting little read about how they've been recognized for a city that focuses on, you know, kind of having a clean community. Because if you're encouraging people to ride their bikes and, you know, making pathways for them to be able to do that safely. Sure. Then, you know, that puts less impact on the environment. Of course. And I just think that's a really cool thing for, I do too. for a city to do. Yeah, I, I do wish too. we saw more of that here. We see that in other countries, and I wish we had that here. Well, maybe they're starting a trend. It would be really cool to that see that spread more. That would be great. And while I do love that, and I think it would be cool to share that information, I thought you were going to say they have like this series of cool bike trails that we could go down while we're there. That would be cool too. Well, I mean, they do. They have a lot of trailing areas just because of the because fact that the infrastructure is mm-hmm. there oh cool yeah. well, we should go down you know what we need to stay i think we need to just stay a night yeah we would probably have to i mean we're close to tampa so you could go we could go see joe and or oh, they yeah. have bikes they could meet us there it's that'd true. be cool we can always go to bush gardens we could that would be i can fun. try not to get sick on the roller coasters <laughs> i'm like, right there with you these I days i try it every time though oh you know i love the coasters you know i do i've I traveled do all over the country <laughs> Riding the tallest, fastest Cedar Point still my favorite place, but I don't know. Something happens when you get older. I don't know if you have it's to take a, drama. Mean it's like your equilibrium or something. Get kind of yeah. gets disturbed or something I like know. that. I don't know, I, but I'll try it again. But the yeah. thing is, once you try it, if you get on the first one and it throws you off, you're off for the, for whole, the whole day, day. and you do not feel you can't good ride for anymore. the whole day. There's so many times I'd gone to the kids sort of towards the end of all the stuff we were doing, like with Disney. We'd ride something really fast. We'd ride it two times. And then I'd be like, no, I'm fine, guys. I kind of just want to enjoy nature. It's not really true. I just felt like I was going to throw up. I just yeah. want to ruin the day for the kids. <laughs> anyway, speaking of getting outside, I can't wait to get back on the kayak soon either. We're, we keep I talking know. about it. and uh, We talked about it today. I know. Hopefully very soon we do that. But yeah. that's it for me. It's, yeah. you know, most of that you were aware of. Yeah, so we we did talk about kayaking, kayaking today because my oldest son, Austin, Called out of the blue and said, hey, me and Taylor, his girlfriend or his fiance, want to hang out with you. Yeah. I'm like, I'll be there. (laughs) That was fun. We don't get to hang out very often. So schedules just don't. um, Don't quite meet up. Don't meet up. Yeah. And um, so we went over, hung out. They just moved into a really nice apartment complex, a nice little pool and grill area and and just grilled up some chicken and and, uh, brought some some sides and had a nice little conversation and played with their little their little cutesy. Oh, dog! I want, I want a dog so bad now. Playing with that dog, well, and, I think we're gonna cave soon. And they're looking at another one because that one needs a playmate. I know <laughs> it's the cutest little dog. What kind of dog is that? Remember, she said it's some type of Yor- Yorkie. Oh, is it? Yeah. So it's not those tiny little Yorkies. And I know some people that are dog lovers are probably rolling their eyes, going, "That's not a dog." But you know, I grew up <laughs> with big dogs. 
and I, and I love them, but I, for our dog, I want a dog that can be in the house. We don't have a huge house that's not taking up too much space. And I don't know, that dog is super friendly and We want a lap dog and we, but I do want a dog that loves adventure, but I think you can train a dog to love adventure. You just Mm got to start them when they're a puppy. I think all dogs love adventure. But I also throw around, um, rescuing an animal. As well. I mean, I do like the idea of having a puppy and kind of training it the way that, you know, we want it to be trained. Yeah. But I do have to say there's something about rescuing an animal. It's like they know that you rescued them. Oh, you think and so? Yes, I really do believe so. Because, you know, I watch all Kim's dogs sometimes and I'm over there and those dogs are all oh, most of them have been rescued and they are the most well-behaved animals you've ever seen in your life. Oh, wow. I mean, they bark when somebody walks up, but that's their job. Sure. You know what I mean? But they go to the bathroom when they're supposed to. They go on out. You yeah. know what I mean? But some of the ones that have some issues, you know. They're older. Yeah. You know, they might have a little boot, you know, a little mess up here or there. But sure. I mean, yeah, you know, you're 90 in dog years. You're allowed to. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all going to have accidents at that yeah. time. <laughs> but um, I, I really think there's something to be said about a dog who um, is needs to be rescued i feel like they just show you that love and appreciation i mean you know we watch you know we follow the asher house and sure. he goes around promoting that and all his dogs are oh, rescued. I, I love that guy and we they gotta get are that guy all on. just the most i mean they go everywhere with him and I they know. listen I, he don't even have leashes on him i mean it's amazing we should put a link we'll put a link in the show notes to the asher house it's called the asher house yeah yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do that it's for really sure cool. it yep. really is i don't want to ruin the whole thing but it's he travels around the country and sets up these things where they take dogs out of kennels to like a dog park for the day where people can come play with them and see their personality. Yeah, he gets to draw are, their personalities out. Yeah. yeah. Because a dog is never going to be the same at a shelter as they would be in an environment where they're able to be free and run and play with you and right. really show their personality. Exactly. So I it's think a great that's idea. really great. We actually have, have looked into getting him on the show. They were going to be coming, yeah. to, coming to Florida, but they didn't. Their, their schedule changed. Yep. Yeah. Their schedule changed. But yeah, they did reach out to us. That was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. So maybe so, we'll get them on the show when they come yeah, to Florida. It'd be awesome. We could even meet them wherever they're at. I mean, yeah. just promote where they're going to be, which would be really cool. It really would be. Yep. And then let's see, what else did I do? So was it? Thursday or Friday, I started the grueling task of my exercise routine again. <laughs> oh, that's right. I've been sitting so much. I'm going stir crazy. Yeah. And I, and I have about another month. I just have one more month of school left, even though I did my capstone presentation, which is posted on our page. Yep. Um, at fineanddangy.com. Um, I, I did it good. It's out of the way. I feel great you did about it. Great. it. And I, yeah. in fact, I, I did want to specifically point out that it's on our page, on our video page. So, yeah. because I, I feel good about it. I, I, you know, I'm passionate about it, and I feel like that came through, and the people that came and, um, the students that came and listened and yeah. and um, interacted with me afterwards and right. were asking questions, and I loved that. You know, uh, yeah. So well, it, to me, not only was it good, but it's also educational. So it's cool for people that know you and care yeah. about you to go see the video. But if you really just want to learn about the, I'm going to say it wrong, but it's the standard American diet and and lifestyle. Yeah, that's what and, I named it. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you want to learn more about the standard American diet and how it's killing us, it's it's a really interesting it's like a mini documentary kind of thing that she did. I highly recommend it. I I'm, I feel smarter from watching it. My goal was for people to be motivated to make some kind of change. Yes, that was clear in yeah. the presentation. And I got 
a little emotional at the end. I, you told me you said you couldn't tell, but you know when I was writing it, I cried in one of the my like final paragraph because I was just so I'm I'm emotional about it when sure. I know that we could be making so much change you, you, by ourselves, like the change to improve things ourselves. Indeed, and we're all victim to it, is what right. the video will bring out. And um, and I got a little emotional that night too, and I had to kind of take a couple breaths and keep it together. <laughs> well, I think I, your passion in that showed through for sure, but you couldn't tell that you were getting. You know, you I don't think you could tell that you were getting upset. Yeah, yeah. Well, just you know, just. Just a little emotional. Yeah. It's a little little tear coming out. Sure. You know what? It just means that you really mean it and that, you I know, do. everything you were going through in the uh, presentation is not just for show. Yeah. Yep. I so, mean it. That's yeah. for sure. But that's it with me pretty much. Oh, the grueling exercise routine. That's what I want to get back to. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so I started, you know, my little walk jogging again because I can't do like a full jog. It just hurts my, uh, hurts my body too much. You know, I feel like too much jogging is too much impact on all your joints and stuff. Just a personal, you know, my personal opinion. Well, you know, I can't do it. I can bike, but I cannot yeah, it's run. it's too much impact on your back. Yeah. But I did. I, f- I just wanted to run, you know. Normally, I just do like a walk and, you know, just get my heart beat up really fast. But I I did good. I, I did about 45 minutes. Like I'd walk 75% of the song and jog about 25% of a song. And because, you know, it makes you keep going the good, the good music, you know? Oh, yeah. That's how I get on the bike for yep, sure. Yep. And, um, and it felt good, but I'm still sore. <laughs> still. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'll get back to it tomorrow. Yeah. Because this weekend we've been, um, on the go. Right. And I'll get back to it tomorrow. I will fit it in sometime tomorrow. Good for you. You know, I might not jog. I might go to Hit Fit. I got to get back to Hit Fit. I know. I do too. Uh, we've been there one time. I know. Not a couple times, but. <laughs> You know. yeah. Sorry, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, we haven't been there much. Yeah, uh, I, yeah twice. I think we've been there twice. Yeah. But and it's um, a great workout. Thirty-five really minutes. I mean, in and out. And you know that part of me thought the other day we were going through bills, the bills and everything, and I was like, you know, but I, I, it's such a good gym. I just cannot bring myself not to to have yeah. the membership. It's just, yeah. There's not. I haven't been to a gym like that. So. Yeah. I know for you to say, yeah, I could do this. It's just, you've got to do the same thing I have to do. When you have an hour, you have to go. Yeah. Like you just have to. Like that's what I had to do the other morning. I knew I have an hour. I've got to go out and go for a walk because what's going to happen at three o'clock when I can do it again, it's going to rain. Of course. And then I'm going to be feeling depressed that I didn't get out and move. Well, you know what I almost just said just now, if I have an hour to spare, my go-to is to ride the bike because I love being outside. But yeah. if my if I go if I have an hour and I can't do the bike because it's raining, I need to get in the mindset to go to the gym because yeah. that you can do in the rain. Yeah, you do. But that's it for me. All right, I had, I had a good day today. Yeah, and um, we're recording now right. for for our you know podcast and adding that to our list today and. And then uh, that's it. Yeah, cool. All right, guys. Well, that wraps for this and that. And please come back after the break. Well, we have an awesome interview with a teacher continuing our month of teachers. So we'll be right back. We all love getting the perfect greeting card from someone. What's even better is getting one that you know was handmade with love. If you are a card crafter, have you found your crafty happy place yet? Our friends at My Favorite Thanks carry the highest quality crafting products that are different from the rest. Their dynamics and stamps are fun, fresh, and unique. 
You can find all your perfect crafting supplies at mftstamps.com or visit the My Favorite Things Boutique in downtown Eustis at 132 East Magnolia Avenue. If you stop in to shop and hopefully find your new crafty happy place, make sure to let them know that you heard about them from It's All Fine and Dangy. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is time for our community call out. And our guest today has worn many hats in the world of education and is now a teacher on assignment in Volusia County. More explanation to come. We would like to welcome Miss Becky Swanson to the show. Thank you so much for having us yes, today. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be a part of your show. Yay. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the role at, at your school that you're currently at and what grade levels that you interact with. Sure. I am a teacher on assignment, and what that means in Volusia County is that I'm a quasi-administrator. I wear a couple hats. Um, I am still on teacher hours and teacher pay, but I do administrative duties when I'm working. So I'm looked at as an administrator. I'm called to as an administrator. I go help children as needed as an administrator, wow. but I'm technically a teacher. Okay. So you're wearing those hats at the same time. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's a busy day. Yeah. It's a little crazy. And my school is very unique. Um, I came from working in 10 years of high school. This is year 11 and I am at a K, actually it's pre-K through eight school. So we that's have, a big difference. Wow. It's like the first, it's like uh, elementary and middle school. Mixed yeah. In. Yeah. We have 10 grade levels, which we're the only school in the County with 10. Wow. wow. So what type of school is that? Is it like a charter school or is it a public school? It's a public school. We're part of Volusia County Schools and it's just, we serve a very niche community and we are the only school in that city and all of our students for high school have to go into other cities to go to high school. Wow. I never so that's heard the of first that. time I've heard of something like that. So Me that too. is very interesting yeah. and unique. Just like I didn't you even said. know that was an option for schools to do. Yeah. In Volusia County, we have another school that's a sixth grade through 12th grade school. And that's the only one of its kind. And it's a public school. It's just, it's an old community and Volusia County has a lot of little quirks about it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I grew up up North until I was like 12 years old. And a lot of our schools up North do that. You are, um, Actually, I think they did kindergarten through like sixth grade or seventh grade, and then it was like eight through twelfth. Mm-hmm. So they kind of combined wow. the I, grades too. So I'm I'm from here, but and I've always just known what we referred to as, of course, elementary school, and then what we referred to as uh, junior high school and high school. I know now it's called middle school, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. a, they did change one grade since I was a kid. It used to go, I think it was elementary through six, mm-hmm. then it was seven, eight, nine, then 10, 11, 12. And they've offset that a little. But yeah. That's interesting. I've never heard of a yeah, that's cool. school like that. Wow. You do have a lot of responsibilities there. So I have a question. What made you want to become a teacher, get involved in education to begin with? Like, was there a specific person that influenced you that way or... Yeah, it's it's a really neat story. I was doing real estate and working on the VA contract and going around the country and, and inspecting foreclosure homes and getting those on the market and getting chased out of neighborhoods and doing all sorts of really crazy, dangerous things oh, in my early 20s. Exciting. Oh, yikes. <laughs> it was really neat. And then the bubble burst in the real estate market. Mm-hmm. And I had a girlfriend, I'm going to give her a shout out, Jacera Armstrong, which is now Jacera Gomrad. She got married. And she said to me, she was already a teacher, and she goes, you know what? I've known you long enough. We've been roommates and everything. She goes, you would make an excellent teacher. I said, girl, my degree is not in education. It's in political science. I went to law school briefly. Like, this is not for me. (laughs) And she goes, no, I think you should. 
And, you know, she doesn't say a whole lot. And when she does, I really take it to heart and I listen. And she just said, come meet with my principal. And that was at a charter school in Orange County 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I met with her principal and she's like, you know what? If you go through the paperwork, if you get your temporary certificate and all of that good stuff, she goes, I will, I will give you a job. Wow. And she took a chance on me. I mean, yeah. I had never wow. taught. I came from the corporate world and I'm like, these kids are nuts, you know? <laughs> but some, they, but we've talked before about how some people are born to teach. We think most good teachers are born to teach and they may not know it, mm-hmm. but they are. Yeah. So that she saw that in you and that's cool. It's really neat because I had never thought of that route for myself. Right. But then I go back to where I was in college and I would give up my spring breaks and summers and I would go and do um, camp counseling at a special needs camp. And all those years later, I ended up working with special needs students and that's been my niche. So I work with, I work with high school kids, but they're all high school students with disabilities. And that's very commendable. Yes. So, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I didn't see that side of me, but then I ended up doing it all those years later. Wow. That is so cool. So can you walk us through the journey that it took to get where you are in your career now? And are there other things that you're pursuing for the future now or that you want to pursue when it comes to your career in education? Yeah. I'm curious too. Like, how did you go from that, you know, taking a chance, getting, getting the job from that principal to, you know, it seems like you moved all. up pretty quickly it really does. And, and that your direction kind of changed because you're administrative now and are, where are you headed from there? Yeah, it's, it's neat how that works because education is a fast changing, fast moving um, field now. It just, you know, nothing's consistent from the one day to the next. So I ended up um, on this trajectory to become a high school teacher, which is where I stayed. And then it was an administrator in my sixth year of teaching that said, I want you to take on a leadership role on campus. You're, you're in the classroom. That's great. You help a lot of students, but you can do more. And I, I asked her, what do you mean? What do you mean? And she said, I want you to become, um, I want you to go back and get your master's so that you can get into administration. And I said, at a school administrator, what? I talked it over with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. He's now passed away, but my grandfather said, yeah, if you're going to get into education and quit law school and do all this stuff, he's like, you better be the best at what you do. He's like, I don't want you to just be a teacher. I said, what do you mean just be a teacher? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's a heck Have of a job. Have you been in the classroom, right? buddy? <laughs> yeah. Have you done it for five minutes? Um, but he said, he's like, no. He goes, I want you to keep going. Just don't stop anywhere in your field. Always go to the top of your field. Oh, that's great advice though. And I said, no, Papa George, I don't think so. And uh, (laughs) next thing you know, it was like between him and my administrator, those were my two pushing forces. Right. I ended up going back to Stetson. Um, I say going back to Stetson. I started at UCF, but I went to Stetson for my master's. Right. I got my master's in educational leadership and they were very amazing to offer current teachers 40% discounts on tuition, which is a very... Wow. Significant. It's a little motivator. It's Stetson that I know. (laughs) It's a motivator. A a big motivator. (laughs) It made it cheaper than UCF. Yeah. So I ended up going there, getting my master's. And when I got out, um, I went through the most difficult testing of my life, which was to take a six-hour state exam. I watched multiple people come in and leave beside me because they're taking other exams that mm-hmm. weren't this, you know, it's called the Florida Educational Leadership Exam, the Feely. So I took my Feely. I passed all the sections on the first try, which it's about a 60% pass rate. So I was really proud. Oh, and, wow. Great. Yeah. And I uh, got that done. And then next thing you know, um, you have to go in Volusia County through this extraordinarily difficult process 
Um, They call it targeted selection. You have to put together a binder portfolio of everything you've accomplished in very specific state order. And then the next thing you do is go through a six or seven hour job interview with three different principals and do two technical pieces of writing. And if you don't pass any of those, then you have to wait a year to go again. And I passed all of those. Wow, I'm getting stressed out just listening. No, I'm like, oh my God, that's so much. (laughs) They don't do this in other counties, I found out. They do it here. And um, I think. So you took your grandfather's advice and, you know, really upped the ante because you chose the most difficult county to, you know, I don't want to say difficult, but maybe that expects the highest quality. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You talk to friends in Orange County and Seminole County and, and Osceola, and they just don't have the same route to become an administrator right. that this county does. It's a, it's, a, it's a very arduous route to get there. Sure. And it sounds so, like they're very selective, which yeah. I think is great. I yeah. mean, that's great for the students it's in, not the, a bad in this thing. community. Yeah. yeah. So so you got you went through all that, then you started with more of an administrative role, and things have just taken off since then? Yeah, they basically say, okay, then you have to become a teacher on assignment before you can become an assistant principal, an AP. Gotcha. So you can't become an AP until you've done, gone through this TOA role, teacher on assignment. So you apply, you go on interviews, you do all this stuff. And then the school that feels like you're right will pick you. And so I've, I got picked by my school now. Um, it's been an extremely interesting transition to go from high yeah. school to elementary middle. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> and uh, I'm still not used to all the students and why they cry and why they do. It just doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen in high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a whole different world. I, yeah. would, I would imagine more amounts of joy and sadness yeah. than visible yeah. there. Right. It's Emotional of, roller coaster during the, that that large gap, yeah. you know, from pre-K all the way to eighth yeah. grade. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I don't go to the gym now. I just run around campus and yeah. uh, same thing. Right. I didn't know students ran, and they do. And I didn't know in elementary you had to go catch them because in high school you call their parents, and <laughs> elementary you have to go get them and then call their parents. Oh my god, this is great stuff. Well, it's an adventure. So that kind of ties into my next question about the challenges and rewards associated with different grade levels. Um, and you kind of mentioned a little bit of it right there, but have you seen like a, a marked difference in terms of the rewards, of course, but in terms of the challenges, that's one of them right there, obviously having to go catch them. Yeah. (laughs) The rewards are amazing. The kids are so loving and they, they're so trusting Mm -hmm. at that age and high school, high school, they're a bunch of skeptics. They're older. They, yeah. They'll look at you with, you know, eyes like, what do you want me to do? Why do you want me to learn this? Uh-huh. What's your, yeah, what's your motive? Yeah. What's your intent? What's, yes. your, what's your ulterior motive back there? But then in elementary school, they just, they have these wide eyes and they want to learn and mm-hmm. they run to you and they give you big hugs and then they run from you. So it's just this, <laughs> it's full circle. They're, yeah. Oh, they're probably good. feeling similar to the high school kids. They just act on it. Yeah. Yeah. More, in more detail. They're very impulsive. Yes, that is true. That's awesome. That is awesome. So let's talk about tech for a minute. Because obviously I'm, I'm a big We're going to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. But I, I guess, you know, I've asked this question throughout our month of teaching and different results. And it's, it's very interesting to me because on the outside, you know, since my kids were taught, not toddlers, but elementary school, um, I have been, and now one of them just graduated high school, the other one's um, well on her way yeah. in high school. But I have done things like, Hey, I bought you a Kindle or can you, you, let's, let's get all your books loaded on that. So you can carry one book. And then you find out, Oh, the school doesn't allow that. The school doesn't support that. So it was all always these, you know, 
50 pounds of books. They'd have rolling backpacks. Um, I always wondered why they don't have tablets in the classroom. And then I learned more about just the the logic behind why they don't, the budgeting aspect of it. And so I'm just curious, have you seen in your time in education a a sort of shift in the technology that's implemented or, or not really so much yet? I'm fascinated by this aspect of education because technology is so love hate for me. Yes, me too. Um, yeah, and it's it's a blessing and a curse. I know that our district is supposed to go a one on one next year, next yep. school year, which means um, one device to one student. We're supposed yep. to have full mm-hmm. implementation next year. Love it. Um, which is the way we need to go, in yep. my opinion, as well. Um, I've seen it start from I hate cell phones in the classroom and they're such a burden and they still are at the high school of course. level. You distraction, know, yeah. There's such a distraction. It's very hard for a teacher to get up in front of a room and compete with the social life that sits in the palm of their yes. hand. Yes. And so. I have a no-nonsense vibe about that, a personal sort of opinion about that. I feel like schools should do like they've done in school with, with your son, Angie, with my son. I see your phone in your hand. It's my phone. I love that. And yeah. unfortunately, now we don't get the full parental support that we used to. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Parents will say, oh, don't take my child's phone. Except I paid for, for that, not you. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, very and I think, so too, I imagine it's, it's so scary slippery. with all the things that go around. We don't yeah. want to get too negative, but the things that happen at school campuses yes. that you want to be able to get in contact with your child. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I really do think that it, at the very least, when you're in each classroom, it should be phones go here till yeah. the end of class and yeah. then you get it back so they can have it in between class or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. They need that fix, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And I was never that teacher to take their phone. You right. know, if they have it out on their desk and it's face down, hey, that's on you. And I do tell them, hey, if someone takes that, it's not on me. But as long as you're not interacting with it and that's your little comfort, your little yeah. baby there, go for it. But in a way, it's training them to be adults. Though, it is. Because, you know, when you go into your job now, most jobs aren't going to look over your shoulder. So if you can't get off your phone, you're not going to keep your job. That's it. Absolutely. I I don't, you know, I'm not used to working with this age group and they don't, they don't all have the phones like the high school did. A lot of them do. And it's kind of surprising, but the high school students, I did, I let them manage their own technology and I would always do lessons that would incorporate their technology. Um, we would do, we would do gallery walks around the classroom where they're scanning different QR codes. And I was doing this nine years ago. Oh, I love it. Um, and they would have different videos, primary sources that would pop up from, you know, the cold war and we'd see the Rosenbergs and we'd see all these different things. And, you know, that would be the way they'd get their vocabulary. And, you know, I started using Nearpod. Nearpod is a great activity. Um, What is that? that. It's kind of an interactive PowerPoint where you can load virtual field trips into it and you can do all sorts of cool stuff. And I was doing that. Now our district pushes it like crazy. I was doing that six or seven years ago. And it's Nearpod, like N-E-A-R-P-O-D. dot com. And, you know, I would sign up for the one that costs money because you got extra features. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's Kahoot, which is super widely popular now it's a little quiz game that you can build but then there's gym kit um g-i-m-k-i-t dot com and that's like kahoot on steroids as it's been <laughs> described and it, you know there's so many things and you know oh, cool Sorry, those are all typing yeah you're great <laughs> those are all classroom things that i've used but then on the administrative side i've really gotten into microsoft teams and i build teams oh now i'm very familiar with oh, teams i use that all every do you day love it i do love it yeah <laughs> And you can tag people on the documents and you can work on documents at the same time. And you can, now they've got video built in. So, you know what I wondered about that kind of thing too? You're talking about all these different technologies on how you're sort of implementing the lesson plan or you have. Are teachers allowed to use YouTube? We are. Um, We are, 
it's a very unique situation because YouTube is public and, you know, you get what you get on right, the right. public internet. So you have to preview your videos and know what's coming. <laughs> of well, course. I, <laughs> I was in a teacher's classroom one time. This was years ago. Um, not at my current school. This was years, years, years ago. Yeah. I had full a, disclosure here. Full yeah. disclosure. <laughs> I had a teacher show a video, great educational video, hadn't watched it all the way through. It was 14 minute clip. He must have watched five, 10 minutes of it. By the end of the video, you know how there's a mosaic that pops up of other video clips at the end? Um, yeah, there was one with boobies right in the middle. Oh my God. And I had a room of high school boys going, boobies. And oh my God. I could have died for that teacher. Oh. I could have died. So real quick little side note, similar silly story. Those um, boys were so happy that oh, day. They never loved social studies so much. So I put uh, elementary school for my daughter. Um, one of the te- one of her elementary school teachers found out that I was into, I was like a tech guy asked if I could help them make like a school end of the year video with sent me all these clips and pictures. I did it. I put the time of your life from green day, that song on it. What I'd forgot was at the very beginning of that song, you know, they strum the guitar for a minute and kind of mess up and stop and then say the F bomb and Uh then start the song. And I didn't cut that part out. So I gave her the the disc. She played it in front of the class and then messaged me and said, we love it, but can you cut the F-bomb out of the beginning? And I was mortified. I was like, oh my gosh. But but back to the uh, stuff in the classroom, you know, using technology in the classroom. I guess what I also meant was, can teachers set up their own YouTube channel? They can. Um, they're encouraged to do various things. We're all encouraged to have Twitter accounts and have our students sign up. We are oh, in wow, Twitter that's County. Cool. Oh, cool. So we have different hashtags that we use, and you have to give your Twitter handle to the district so that they can monitor the content and so forth. But the teachers utilize that to get out announcements. And so um, we use Remind. Um, remind.com or actually it's an app also, but remind, it used to be remind 101, but now it's just remind and it's interactive text messaging with ah. students. Oh, cool. You got to be careful what you put out there, but we encourage our parents to sign up for that. Our principal at our school uses it to send out parent announcements and they much prefer those to getting the, you know, archaic oh, phone we calls. Hate we it. hate those. And I, you know, I'm not going to go into the, because I, you know, I feel like my kids are in a really good school district where I yeah. live and I love the high school. Yeah. That's one part of it that I have had to. Um, call and get off the list. I had to, I'd I'd get had, off so the now if my kids skip school, I'm never going to know no, because yes. I got off the list. I couldn't take the it's, bombing of voicemails, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the time you get a yeah. voicemail and it's like, hey, the football game's tomorrow night and the pep rally stuff, no offense. It's great for some kids, but I don't, don't care about any of that. Yeah. Don't so, interrupt my day for yeah. that. Like, that, seriously. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we burn out parents and of we course. know that. I mean, because, you know, we're on the flip side going, we get parent calls saying they never know what's going on and what's going on in school. So then we send, you know, bum. Uh, Bunch yeah. of them. Oh yeah, we overdo it, and then the parents are like, "Okay, he's off. Back off." <laughs> yeah, but I love the idea of like a, a electronic text type yes. reminder because yes. then you read it when you get a chance. You don't care how many you get. That's yeah. it, yeah, and that's it great. keeps you in the loop. But it's at your time, and you don't have to sit there. And you know, it's hands free. You yeah. don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Well, that's I mentioned cool. YouTube because I know YouTube. You know, you can go down the YouTube rabbit hole watching silly stuff, which we all do. But YouTube yeah. is a great tool in business. We use that sometimes. And I always thought when I was a kid, if I could just punch up a search in YouTube on that thing about history, it'd be much more interesting for me to watch a video someone put together than it would to read something somewhere yes. and it's dull and old. That, so that was one reason I was asking about YouTube. The other reason you said the one-on-one uh, devices you guys are heading to, what's interesting to me about that is at the rate in which books sort of expire and now we have new information and there's a new version of the book 
and you'd have to buy the new one. It seems like electronically it would be so easy to just, the new one yeah. shows up and you're on the latest and greatest, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to me like that would be cost effective for the future, especially since, yes. you know, we are living in a tech world. Yeah. And it's, yes. even though we love books, we yeah. feel like those should be left for leisure and the more... um you know, that more educational books where the information is changing a lot. Yes. Yeah. If that's, you know, electronic, it seems a lot cheaper for schools yeah. in the long run. And I'm sure they've done played with the numbers and see mm-hmm. that there that is a good, a good investment for them. There's about three different reasons why I like the electronic textbooks better. Yeah. Um, students, well, maybe four reasons. They're still, students are used to interacting electronically. That's yep. That's yeah. how their minds are programmed. They are not programmed like we were when we were younger. Sure. Um, What's an index? Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. A glossary what. Yeah. Um, secondly, it is more cost effective when you look at the research to just roll those new books and push them out electronically than it is to to do the big textbooks. Third, it's more environmentally safe and, yes. and effective because... It's so it's so bad when you look and see stacks of old books sitting there. It just oh, yes. it just makes me cry. Oh yeah. yeah. Testing wise, our students test on electronic platforms now. They yeah. have to be used to reading words on screen. They get these big long reading passages on screen, and if their eyes are only trained to read in the black and white text on the book, it's just really it gets them eye fatigue and eye strain. And I know that sounds like so soft, but it's actually a thing. Oh, I know it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. And so they need to be used to reading. In that format. Yeah. So well, those are all great points. I mean, that sells it right there. I mean, just the testing aspect. If, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're switching from one thing to the other, your, your eye doesn't know what to do almost. Yeah. We want them to be comfortable in that platform. Do you yeah. feel like social media has had a negative impact on the classroom? Yes. Yeah. 100%. I don't think social media is for children. Um, that is my opinion. I've yep. not seen anything positive come from it. Not one thing. Right. And you know, I've introduced my kids to electronics at a young age and I feel like it was a good move because I stayed involved and like they had Nintendo DS's. Mm-hmm. So I bought one too, so I could stay involved. Yeah. That's the one thing I wish I would have reeled in a little. And now it's the too late. The technology or the social media? The social media. Social media. Yes. The we s- haven't seen one good thing out of social media in our household neither. We really haven't. And wow. I guess I guess the caveat to that is the stuff where we're sort of raising awareness or donations for some sort of fundraiser. But it's weird how quickly social media, Facebook in particular for our generation, yes. went from really fun for the first few years and it's pictures of families and dogs and pets and events and old friends and everyone's loving it. We used to get comment strings where we're cracking up because it's just so funny Uh to now just share very generic stuff or it's going to go south and people are going to argue and it's become an argument platform. I do agree. It's very sad. I think it's taken a toll on our students' um, self-esteem, which has in turn affected their mental health. Of course. I don't believe that social media is responsible enough to monitor who they let sign up. No. So it's got to be in the hands of the parent and the fact that you are an inner involved interactive parent with their technology and their social media makes all the difference in the world. I would imagine we're all being manipulated. Absolutely. Adults and kids through social media too. It's like yeah. a big mind experiment, you know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what this generation grows up What's to, what the outcome is? Yeah, mm-hmm. where are they headed? What's going to happen yeah. because yeah. of this? It's polarizing. Yeah. yeah. So, what advances, advancements, or changes do you wish to see in the future when it comes to the education of our youth? That technology piece. I hope yeah. that I, I really hope that our district does honor that one to one technology ratio because I know other districts around us are already doing it, and I think it's only going to benefit our students. We need to meet them where they learn. That's we right. We don't need to force them back into the mold where we learned. 
Um, I you love know. that. So true. Yeah. So we have to evolve, right? Yeah. We always talk about that. We talk about how learning is when you learn yeah. something new. If you're not learning something new, you're not evolving. Yeah. But we also have to evolve based on the yeah. current generation. Yeah. You know, the, even oh, though, even if some of us are like, nah, we mm-hmm. have to. We yeah. got to get out of our comfort zone and it's for our children in the future because, you know, it's not so much about the teaching. It's about the learning. That's yes. So we can teach, teach, teach in all the best methods that we know. But if it's not being received on it's the learning end, time, it's right. a waste. Yeah. And our kids are telling us. They tell us in their facial expressions. They tell us in their heads down. They tell us in not coming to class. They tell us Whether you're that it's through. not working. Yeah, That's right. So you know what's encouraging to me is you sound a little bit like some of the other teachers that we've been. It's encouraging to me Good. that there is an effort to make change because I do feel yeah. like you know the the rate of technology i forget what the math is but it grows exponentially it's it's it grows faster today than it did a year ago you know mm-hmm. um but back when we were kids it seemed like there was a lot of archaic stuff left over from earlier generations and it seems to be kind of filtering out filtering in over, overhead projectors what yeah and evolving yeah, yeah. faster because <laughs> yeah. and i made this joke about how part of it's just getting older and more mature and you you're interested in stuff you weren't interested in, but there wasn't an effort to make it interesting. It was, no. here's the lesson plan. Only those few teachers that really stand out that we remember that really changed our lives went the extra mile to make it interesting. And it seems like that's becoming more the norm now, which I love to hear. It's the expectation now. And I really feel like you asked what the future of education is and where we're headed. I really feel like it's online. I really feel like it's virtual. I really feel like it's interactive. It's differentiated. It's one-on-one learning. It's not about, can this whole class learn at the same time at the same pace and get to the same finish line at the same time? It is, can, can Dan learn? Can Angie learn? Can we make sure that we get it in their their best learning style and make sure that they take something away from this that they can use in their future. And that's where the technology comes in. Because back in our day, to sound like an old man, there wasn't the opportunity. The teacher really was limited on what they could do. They had that hour with you or whatever. They didn't really have the opportunity to tailor. They couldn't give you resources to go to other than like, you know, the card catalog system at the library or whatever. So it wasn't there wasn't really as much availability for different tailored solutions. Yeah. I don't think. I think tailored solutions are the key to, to moving forward with education. Yes. And I, I really think technology, like you said, online courses is the way to do that. But I still think that interaction is important. Yes. And, you know, having a meetup once a week or where you're bringing all those different kids that learn different ways together yes. to learn the social aspect of the world. Yes. Yeah. Because they're so used to doing that from behind a screen. When they get in person, a lot of times they don't know how to do it. So I think that's yes. a, an important part of them growing as well and becoming successful out in the world. I'm glad you brought that up because the big push in our county right now is SEL. It's social emotional learning. Oh, We are teaching, they do social emotional learning lessons every morning in elementary and middle school. And it is a big push to get these students socialized. How do we behave here? How do we interact with people there? And the emotional piece. How do we handle our emotions if the student made me upset? You know, do you run away? Do you cry? Do you punch them? What do you do? And these are all real student reactions. Yeah. So this social emotional learning piece, we have them saying, well, right now my, my emotions, I'm on red. I'm angry. We have them talk it out, use their words. And, yeah. That's you know, it probably sounds a little foo-foo, but I, you know, we had very unhealthy ways of dealing with that we when did. we were young. We did. Mm-hmm. You know? 
And a lot of people might argue that, you know, in my day, we didn't have such baby and the kids, but I I know from going through it, maybe I was a sensitive kid, but I didn't, I I didn't do well with the, the ways that we had to sort of handle our emotions as we were dealing with struggles like that. So I, I, this is great. So you guys are really bringing, I'm sure you take psychology classes when you're going for education. I, my degree is in political science. I had to take a bunch of other classes after that that weren't in education. So, um, I would think now probably teacher degrees come with some a, sort of a class like health. you just di- a class like you just explained. I mean, that's bringing in the psychological yeah. aspect of yeah. it, dealing with your emotions really, and aggression, yeah. and yeah, because they need that. They need that to yeah. um, handle things in the real world. One yeah. day, <laughs> we, we have teachers that you know it's our special. They specialize in social emotional learning, and they provide the lessons and design the lessons and and give those out to the other teachers. And they go through um, trainings on how to implement and teach those lessons. So it's designed by specialized teachers. Oh, that's that great! This is what they do. Yeah, is SEL. Yeah, and you know, going back to what you said of you know we weren't so soft and frou frou back in the day, but we didn't have social media. We could get away from oh, our great bullies. Point. We could get away from our bullies. We knew we knew if we went down that hallway, we were going to run into so and so. So we better go down the other hallway. That's right. Now their bullies come into their home. They're in their hands. Oh, I love it. Home of their hands. I I don't love that, but I love that you see it that way because I've said in one of the other discussions is it's like a soapbox. Everyone now, you know, you could you could vent or whatever to your small little group, and that was it. Now everyone has a platform to announce the entire school that you're a dork or that you did this or that this happened and. I, you know, I tell my kids, you, you almost have to be on guard. Someone's filming you 24-7. Yes. So if you make a little mistake like we did and no one knew, it is broadcast. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. I also think it's very important to teach our children that they can't be a part of judging others because of someone else's post. I think yeah. parents fail to teach their kids They're, that. Don't pile on. They're worried about yeah. their kid and how their feelings are affected. But what is your kid doing when they look at a post? Oh, so-and-so's a dork. Yep, automatically. Yep, they're a dork. Now you know I'm not going mean? to be friends with them. So right. we have to balance that out between yeah. both ends. Um, so let's talk about you again for a minute. Oh, sure. When you're not dealing with all of this and you're not uh, educating our youth, so to speak, what do you like to do in your spare time? Oh gosh, everything. Um, <laughs> I like to do anything that's exciting, anything that'll get my adrenaline going. Um, we go to a lot of concerts and go see live music and support live music. And my husband is computer programmer by day, but in a band by night. So we like to go and support him. And Oh, excellent. Um, you know, we go traveling and I pretty much like to stay on the go. Um, home is great. It's a lot of fun, but I like to see places that I haven't seen before. So that sounds like me. <laughs> we can, we can get away is are my favorite thing. So, you know, oh, as nice. far Keep as we can sane, get. Probably. So, yeah. so what kind of adrenaline junkie stuff have you done? Oh gosh. Um, well, I've been skydiving twice. Um, I did 15,000 feet and then I did 18,000 feet oh, when they upped wow. the limit. You're way more adrenaline junkie <laughs> than I am. <laughs> I jumped off the stratosphere tower in Vegas. Um, wow. Just super fun. And, uh, um, I've been whitewatering, whitewater rafting in the Canadian Rockies, and oh, that's I did, real whitewater rafting. Oh, yes. it's good stuff. That's and nothing then, like North Carolina that we've <laughs> no, done. This hey, is we like, still love that. This is big stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then I did um, zip lining in the Puerto Rican rainforest. And oh my gosh! Oh, wow. That was on a new trek, and you know they had to throw a pack out to us because they found us coming in too fast towards the tree. So they threw a backpack out to slow us down because we we're going to hit the tree, and this was. Oh, there's oh. there's pictures oh. and um, we're gonna have to see those now. Yeah, uh, and pretty much anything, anything that I've been, you know, 
Um, I don't know. Parasailing. I, I could keep going. Wow. Yeah, I love, I love cool. stuff. Anything. That's exciting. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go on vacation now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I think what that does, you having an exciting personal life like that, I think that you bring that into the classroom too. Like you want kids to see the adventure in life or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that brings a different element into the classroom. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You can feel, that's an energy that you carry with you and you're bringing it in, you know, and I hope so. kids, kids <laughs> can feel that kind of stuff. You know, they know if you're exciting and yeah. you know, like how you kind of are yeah. outside the classroom, they can tell that. I remember when I was young, you know, I would see my teacher as this two dimensional figure at the front of the class mm-hmm. and like, Same. they're not anything. They're just a te- they're my teacher. That's what they do. They don't have a husband. They don't have a wife. They they're go a home teacher. And, yeah. then they have and then cats. they still think about yeah. me. Yeah. There's an apple on their desk. That's what they are. And yeah. I want, students to know that we're human beings. We relate to them. We have good days. We have bad days that it's okay what they're feeling. And that, you know, if they go on and get their education, however that format is, whether it's trade school, whether it's college, it doesn't matter to me. Just don't stop learning and don't stop exploring. That's my end game for them. I think that's great. I I do have a question about when you were a high school teacher, when we talk about you have good days and you have bad days, did you have an open communication with your students when it came to if they were having a bad day, did they feel like they could come talk to you, kind of set let, set their day in your classroom as far as I'm having a really crappy day, kind of talking to you? Did, were they open with you about that kind of stuff? Some students were, some students were not, and it was just their personalities, but they also don't hide their emotions very well. Yeah. So I stood at my door every day to greet every student coming in every period, and that was my my gauge, my thermometer, if you will, for yeah. the day to know what their mood was without them having to vocalize it because that can be hard. Yes. If a student walked in, I knew their demeanor on a good day. I knew it on a bad day and I knew where they were the moment they entered my room. So I knew which students I could, you know, kind of josh around with for the day or which students just weren't in the mood or which students I could call on and they would be ready to give an answer and which students I'm like, you know what, let's let them just make it through the period today. Wow, that's pretty perceptive. Yeah, because I think I remember when I was a student, if you walked in in a wonky mood, you were getting called on the whole time. That's how it used to be. It yeah. did, buddy. Yeah. They were just ready to But it was to get a waste you. of time. <laughs> yeah. It wasted everyone's time it because did. they never responded well and then everyone yeah. else in the yeah. class is distracted by the drama. Yeah. yeah, and you don't want a student to resent you because that doesn't create an environment for learning. I want them to know I've got their back. And then I rarely, I mean, even at my, I'm five feet tall. I very rarely had classroom discipline issues in a giant room of high school, big, smelly, lovely teenagers. Because you probably have, you show a certain amount of respect, I think, I and, and that earns respect back. You they, know? they say they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh, that's a oh. good call. That's the teacher that's, saying, and I've lived by that. Oh, that's great. So we are all about community with It's All Fine and DNG. And we wanted to know if there are any organizations or charities that you share your time or your resources with that you would like to talk about. Um, with school being as crazy as it is, I don't get out there as much as I would like to, but there is one organization that is in our local community. It's in Sanford, Florida, and we have a friend that works very closely with this organization. So we've donated money to them multiple times, but then we donated our time one Sunday to go and help serve and prepare the meal and clean up from the meal. And it's called the Picnic Project. Oh, cool. And the Picnic Project is a no questions asked place to come and get a hot, well-prepared meal. It's not, you know, hey, we threw some frozen lasagnas in there. It is a gourmet prepared meal 
with love, no questions asked, bring your family and the, and the volunteers eat right alongside the participants. Oh, I love that. And that reminds me of another so organization cool. that we work with sometimes. Yes, it is amazing. so cool. And then there's also a clothing pan, uh, clothing pantry, clothing closet opened during that time for the meal. So people can come and then they can pick up some non-perishables and take those with them. And it's oh, a community. And yes, you get to see your regular kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a fantastic organization. And our friend Greg Runge gives so much time and energy to that organization. And so, you know, he motivates you to want to be a part of it. Of course. So we've donated money multiple times, but then, you know, just getting out there to see where our money was going was really impactful. Yeah. That does something to you when you yeah. see that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, these people aren't like advertising left and right. No. Because they're probably not. No. And they're just, you know, it's word about of mouth. helping, not about getting yeah. credit for helping. That's it. So, yeah. Well, but we so, like to get the word out because yes. we feel like these people, because their time is focused on helping others instead yeah. of telling everybody what they're doing. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Yeah. We yeah. like to tell everybody what they're doing. Yeah. So, we definitely will um, put them on the website Very so that cool. hopefully they can get more volunteers, more funding that keeps them going and doing what they're happy about. Well, Becky, thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk to us. It was very educational. I know I always say that. Get it? Pardon the pun. uh, Hashtag monthly teachers. (laughs) (laughs) But it really was. And I'm encouraged to hear uh, some of the things, especially around the technology. And I'm excited for you. It sounds like your career is taking off. Thanks. I appreciate it. And, you know, it's... Moving on up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I just... My end goal is just to work with kids. And yep. make sure that they learn and make sure that they are happy, adjusted, well-adjusted adults as much as possible, as much as we can be, as much right. as we are. Yeah, sure. You That's know, great. Just to go on and do good things. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, hang tight, guys, and we'll be right back. and welcome back to the show. I hope you enjoyed the community call out. And now it's time for what we would call the information station where we go through and kind of dig into some of the stuff that our guests talked about and talk about some stuff that we learned by doing some research after the interview. Yeah. And Becky had some interesting um, things that they use where she's at. Well, I agree. I was really impressed yeah. by that. Too. I'm sure most teachers use these platforms and, and stuff like that. But some of the apps were really cool that I, she brought up. I think so, too. Yeah, I agree. And the the, uh, the idea that they are moving towards this one device per student thing, that's what I've been talking about forever. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so again, uh, Becky or Rebecca, thank you again for uh, for doing the interview with us. I wanted to look into the social emotional learning that she mentioned. Yeah, that so was I did. interesting. It yeah. is, it is. So the CEL, the SEL, that is the process of developing the self-awareness, self-control, and interpersonal skills that are vital for schoolwork and life success. And it made me think, this is awesome that they're doing this with kids because plenty of us in life, myself included, I don't feel like I had a good handle on this even well after graduating high school. I feel like yeah. I do now as an adult, but it took way into my adult years. So you know, people with strong social emotional skills are better able to cope with things like just everyday challenges, academically, of course, but professionally as well, and socially. Just Which is very important. It's hugely important. Mm-hmm. But it's things like impulse control and what they call emotional management or emotion management. Mm-hmm. You can solve problems better if you can kind of, div- you know, 
take yourself out of the full emotional um, breadth of a situation to be able to analyze a situation without getting too emotionally caught up in it yeah. and making the wrong decision. Um, it also helps you to maintain healthy relationships in life and to solve problems in peaceful ways. So, you know, there's a, the list goes on. Yeah, I'm sure there's so many things that it could help with. I'm sure it really, it really does. And so it just made me think it, it's so cool to hear that they're, keeping that in mind and then sort of applying the type of teaching that they're doing around that to teach kids to be able to not just go with every impulse as yeah. a, you know, as a teenager in high school, that's when you've got probably the worst judgment on anything. And they're basically teaching them to use your brain and not your uh, emotions or whatever to make decisions. And and it helps them in school, but it also helps. And it just made me think this kind of thing would be good for most of the 20-somethings I know. I mean, really, this could be good for anybody. <laughs> I, I agree. But I think, and maybe I don't want to sound like But starting at a young age means yeah. that when they do get them in the 20s and the 30s, and as they continue as an adult, they've already got those skills. Exactly. So how amazing. I know. And I didn't want to sound like, you know, I've got it all together and I don't need that anymore. But I guess I just meant I can think back at times in my life where having some kind of training or being taught better how not to just go with the emotions and, and make bad decisions based on that kind of stuff. Um, I just found it interesting. Another thing it mentioned is that kids that get a handle on this uh, social emotional learning aspect early are more likely to have more friends. And more friends equals doing better in school, generally speaking. And it also yep. means that you're less likely to be bullied. So it, oh, and the, the that long is and, a true statement. Oh, I know. I know it is. And the long and the short of it is it just, it creates like a foundation for a positive long-term effect on mm -hmm. kids and adults and communities in general. If you think about it, if everyone has a handle on their, you know, we all knew people that kind of did, mm -hmm. and we all know people now that do. And I think those are the people that we most look up to because they seem like they have it together. And I yeah. think it's mostly because they are thinking things through. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of... I also yeah, like that I can it think said, of examples of people in high school that that were friendly with everybody and they excelled and they yeah. were into this and that they were just pleasant. You yes. know what I mean? Well, that goes back to that whole thing, too. It helps to solve problems in a peaceful way. And I think we can really use that today now more than we ever. Could. Because, boy, social yeah. media is not famous for solving problems. No, in, in it a, just stirs them up. In a peaceful way. And it just, <laughs> yeah. that's where everybody communicates these mm -hmm. days. And, and I love that this is a practical skill. It's like how I think they should teach, like, finances in school. Oh, sure. Something practical. That everyone that, can use. It's... It, Everybody needs it. Of course. Yeah, so pretty cool. So that Nearpod thing that uh, Becky mentioned as well, that's actually an app that you, utilizes this SE, the, uh, the cell, as they call it, or the social-emotional learning. But this app allows teachers to manage their lesson plans. They can do things like creating interactive activities for students like 3D objects or polls you can take part in or drawings or et cetera. But it's a – I like it because it's techie, but it's also – sort of a, a digital way, which is which appeals to kids these days, mm -hmm. to kind of teach this cell platform. So anyway, that's what I looked up from the interview and I was really interested in the in what I found. So hopefully yeah. hopefully uh, you know, everyone finds that kind of interesting. And if you're interested in finding out more about cell, I will put a link in the show notes. So if you're listening now, you can just scroll down and you should see the uh, link for cell. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really interesting, Becky's 
um, her viewpoint on technology. Me too. And how important it is for us to be advancing as adults and embracing it even, you know, as fast as the kids are. Yes. You know, and she, how she just mentions it, it's, it's important. Oh, it's, it's definitely important. important. And sometimes I know I live in a bubble because I sort of always had the impression that because of our generation, we are much more tech savvy. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's not true. I just happen to be in the industry. Yes. And so, you know, some of the people we talked to Michelle last week and, you know, she talked about how some of the adults are coming into college to learn how to be tech savvy. So there's that aspect. But I always thought the next generation, you know, my kids age, they are going to be super tech savvy because they're on gadgets all the time. But if I've learned this from my own kids, they're they're not at all. They don't know how to fix a computer. They don't know how to get. They in. know how to manage social media. Right. That's what they know how to do. They know how to do the Snapchat. They know mm, how exactly. to exactly. That's what you, they know how to do. It. And I got a false impression all these years because they had a computer since mm-hmm. they were young. Um, and not that everyone should be able to fix a computer, but they don't know how to go in and find a file and a directory or the basic things of a computer. So it's been an eye opener for me between that experience with the kids, which wasn't that long ago that I, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you guys just are not techie. And then the conversations with Michelle and yeah. now the conversations with Becky. So it's super um, encouraging to me to hear that they're utilizing technology to teach because it is driving people to learn how to use technology. Yeah. And one of the, um, a little bit of the research I did, there was um, a website, which we'll put in, in the show notes and it brought out like 10 great points about why technology is important in education. And I'm sure Becky brought most of the points out, but um, what the, one of them was that technology keeps kids engaged because that's what, they're, they're considered technological learners now, and they they need that constant stimulation. Remember we talked about that or that instant gratification? Right. So why not just go with it? You know, why not go with that? And we got to change up how what our approach is as adults to get the kids to learn. If that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. Yeah. And I mean, that was another um, point that this brought out I is love that, it. you know, it's Times are changing. It's sure. time to change. You know, we talk about it, evolution all the time. Yeah, it, it's time to evolve the way we teach in in this in the world. I totally period. agree. Can you imagine if we had such uh, involved, interactive, uh, captivating learning when we were in high school? To me, oh yeah, you not to sound like an old man, but I feel like the kids have no excuse for not getting on the work because look how interactive and almost fun they make everything. You know, we were watching old movies on a slide projector and flipping through a book and it just seems I mean, a lot more I still more... think it has a long way to go. Yeah. Um you know, I'm of that whole idea that I I do believe that there should be some type of system in place where each child is um given like an entrance test when they come into school cuz every year you change and yeah. you learn different maybe every year even yeah. up till a certain age, right? Right. So every year there's different types of classes you should be in. Maybe you heard that kid that sit, can sit still and likes to read all day. Then you oh, should be in the class point. with all those kids. That's a great point. All this, the, the same type of learner should be in a class together. And then I believe that they got to learn that social aspect, right? And how sure. to deal with other personalities. So there should be interactive classes where they come together and they're like a social class, yeah. like a social emotional learning class wow. where you learn how to talk with other students that are different than you and yeah. how to problem solve together with different learners yeah 
because you're never going to get all the same learners that work on a team together. So how are we taking a hands-on kid with a more um, analytical, you know what I mean, and an artsy kid, and how are we combining those together to solve the problem? Yeah, teaching So I have a totally different outlook. I love on that. What I think teaching, it should be like. teaches them yeah. social skills at the same time as a yep. team building skills. And that other uh, another thing that that website brought out was that that technology is necessary now to succeed outside of primary and secondary education. Yeah. It is a necessity. So they've they've got to be incorporating it. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought those were some interesting points. It brought out a a bunch of other great points that I was like, little aha, like, oh yeah, that's, that's interesting. Awesome. So can uh, we, we'll put the link in the show notes for that one as well. Yeah. It's a good little read, especially for parents. Yeah. So one quick thing we were talking about team building is what you kind of reminded me of when you're talking about this sort of uh, potential social class, if they made such a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But she also mentioned a product or an application called Teams. And -hmm. I wanted to touch on that briefly because anyone that has Microsoft Office or pays for Microsoft Office from uh, uh, from Microsoft, it comes with an application called Teams. You can go out to your Microsoft site, log in, and download it. It is a very cool application if you're working with Teams, pardon the pun, mm-hmm. but it um, basically you can take and store documents and notes and files and images, but you can comment on any of these things, and you can tag someone in the comments underneath a document. You can also work on the same document together the same way you and I do with the show notes, Angie, where in Teams, I can go in and edit a document. And if you try to edit it, it'll tell me it's checked out or it'll tell you it's checked out by me. Yeah. But you can be flagged for when it's checked back in to be notified. Excuse me. And you can do things like uh, instant messaging through Teams. You can do calls kind of like Skype. In fact, Microsoft is, is putting Skype into Teams soon. But even now, you can do video calls and uh, audio calls through the Teams application. It's a really cool way to organize your data and your files around specific projects that you may be working mm-hmm. on together and specific teams that are working on those projects. So if you have multiple teams, you can have multiple projects with different teams in each project and invite them to each different project. So super easy to use. And what it kind of does is it replaces the traditional computer network where you go to a folder where everyone has stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a modernized version of accessing group files together. Yeah, I've worked on, and and I'm telling you, it's not just like in techie places that have that. This is a staple that most businesses are using. So yeah. that's why it's yes. important for them to be learning this in middle school and high school. It, it really is. And if any of you out there have heard of the application called Slack, which yes. is the more common one, Microsoft Teams is Microsoft's answer to Slack. It's essentially the same thing, yeah, just a I've different company. Yeah, I've used Slack before at FitLife when I worked there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's and it's very common. So mm-hmm. anyway, it, talking about teaching the kids, teaching them these these types of applications, these Teams type applications mm-hmm. where they're managing projects and files together. I think it's awesome because I use Teams every single day in my work. Yeah. So it's teaching them the, to use the tools that they're going to have in for most jobs. jobs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, another, um, I didn't know what this one she was kind. Of, she described it a little bit. It was called Gym Kit. It was an app. Yep. And I'm, I spelled it like gym, like you're going to gym, like and gy- I'm thinking it has something to do with physical you know, education. Physical education, right. and I cannot find it. Well, it's actually G I M K I T, right? So it's an app. And what I thought was really cool about it is that it was actually it's actually made by a high school student, and it's oh, managed cool. by a high school student because he wanted. He wanted a interactive type study guide that was things he was really learning. 
That he had to learn anyway, And then probably. he had to learn, and that nice. was interesting to him. Yeah. So he created like this Q&A game that you can, you know, log into on your device. And it's almost like a game show for the classroom. And it can be worked on individually so that you can study, you know, certain topics, you know, science or math or whatever. Right. And then, or you can do it as a group. So like they can actually play this in the classroom. Wow. So it's pretty cool. And you tally up um, like dollars, like, you know, digital game dollars, dollars yeah. digital dollars for every answer you get right, but you also lose them. And there's things where you can, you know, wager or whatever against each other as, as far as like working as a group. What so do you do with the dollars? The, the fake, the digital? Cash them in for things like on the app, you know, like. Level level up or whatever. I don't know. I need to go a little more deep into that. I just saw the digital dollars. Yeah. Um. But um. So students have to when they work together, they got to kind of use their knowledge of what they've learned sure. and collaborate together and use different strategy skills to try to answer the questions that are in the game. Sounds fun, yeah. actually. It can be used at home as um at home for like homework assignments. Or to study for tests. I thought that was really cool. And something else that was um, really interesting was the fact that teachers can actually get data back on what their kids in their classroom need to learn or what they're struggling on, oh, either individually on, or as a group. So so the teacher can go back through their yes. sort of game results. That is really cool. I mean, how, and it's right there. Like they have a lot of information that's provided. So, so I So think that's, that's called amazing. gamification. It's that's a oh. that's a thing that's happening across the industry right now. And even like social networks inside of offices, in order to get you to interact more with the other people in your office, they gamify it where it's like a contest and it's like points. And yeah. so hearing that they're doing gamification of, of learning in school is awesome. Yeah, because we're naturally competitive humans are. So sure, and it's I way mean, more fun. Way. Right. Yeah. And it's way more fun to play a game. When lights go off and stuff, when you get something right, like I'm a winner. <laughs> well, you know what that reminds me of? If you think about how much most of us love Jeopardy, if you took the questions out of Jeopardy and put them in a book, you it would be so boring. Yeah. I mean, even think of games like I like to play on video, like the one video game I like to play. What is it? The one video. Oh, uh, uh, hold on. Hold on. I got this. I got this. Crash Bandicoot. Yes. And the the thing I like doing the most is like, I got to get all the coin things. Yeah. Like, I don't like to miss them. So sure. even there, it's like you're almost in a competition with yourself that you have to collect these coins and get you nothing. Uh, it's off topic a bit, but, um, you know, I, you, I think you are in a competition by yourself. And I could never show the videos <laughs> that I took of you playing that on our show it's because we are a rated PG show. <laughs> and it's not a rated PG clip. Yeah. You say a lot of bad words when you play video games. <laughs> Just that one, because it's the only one I really oh, play. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. What's funny <laughs> is when Jacob and I, are, my son and I are playing game, we haven't in years, but we're yelling and screaming and getting, she's like, you guys are getting too whatever, and then you go play Crash, and I have to record you because it's exactly the same. <laughs> so anyway, that's but anyway, yeah. that was a great interview with Becky. That was a great way to end our month. Yeah, indeed. Um, and that was a fun month. Yeah, and, and how she described her her job duties, you know, she's a teacher on assignment. So she's in training to become an assistant principal. Yep. And I think her ultimate goal is to become a principal one day. I think she'd be a great principal. I do too. Yeah. I really do. Yep. I think she will. You I think that's what the she'll process, end up doing. Though. <laughs> you got to go through the process. That's yeah. true. So next month, our theme is still a surprise. It is a surprise. <laughs> yes, it is. 
So just tune into the next episode to find out what it is. We'll also post on social media between now and then what yes, next of course. theme is. I'm excited for October, though. I am, too. That yeah. is going to be super busy. I know what else we did. We started the Halloween hunt. We did start the Halloween hunt. We found absolutely nothing, nothing but we started the hunt. Costumes. That's how it always goes, though. The <laughs> first really few stops, is. it's like nothing. And then it starts working out. I know. And it will work out. it's a mad out. scramble at the end. It so. will work out. It's always sure. fun, though. Well, uh, we hit, what, two or three different stores? Yeah, we did, but found nothing. Well. But guys, we are going to wrap up for the for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 25. I mean 24. I mean 23. Okay, there's a, there's a jab. <laughs> uh, yeah, episode I 23. Saved that. I should have saved that for the outtakes, you but sure I did not. Have. I know. You sure should have. Uh, well, anyway, as always, we want you guys to give us a call at 407-490-3899. That's the show voicemail. That is not live on the air. We've had a couple people mistake that. But call, leave us a message if there's something you want to talk about, a thought, an issue, a question, a topic, a suggestion, or just to say hi. And you can always email us at feedback at fineanddangie.com. That's D-A-N-J-E-E, because... That's how Angie spells her name, and that's how she's legally going to spell her name soon. Yes, I am. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and I do want to talk about our hashtags. So we have our hashtag Turnapopka Gold. Remember that September 1st starts Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and we have the Golden Warrior Festival coming up September 7th. I did want to mention on September 4th that Apopka is going to be doing a proclamation about childhood cancer awareness and turning a popka gold oh nice so i will be there on september the 4th with elena i think you have to work i do have to work but, but so, i uh thank you for going to represent yes for us. we will go represent and as you bring up a good point we only have one more episode between now mm-hmm. and the golden warrior yes. festival so we are going to be pushing to get as many people as we can involved in that and yes, hopefully coming, coming out, out to see us to eat at Beefo Brady's and to donate at all if you can yep. I'll be out cause. this week putting up flyers that Veronica made for us I gotta go pick those up and put them out I didn't want to put them out too soon because I feel like people forget about it or people in it might take the flyers down right you know they'll only let you hang stuff up for a certain amount of time so. right right so anyway hashtag turn a popka gold show us how you're turning a popka gold and make sure you use that hashtag help more people hashtag help more people anytime that you're making a difference in the community and then this month's has hashtag that is a tongue twister hashtag month of teachers that's right and stay tuned for next month's hashtag which is a surprise at this point and i think that's going to wrap the show for now guys so thanks for tuning in we'll talk to you on social media between now and next week and we will talk to you on the show next week and always remember at the end of the day it's it's all all fine and dangy Whatever, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs>